0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 113. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have two very special guests, and I'm very excited. They are from a company called Vet Cove, and I have Alex Cates, who is the CEO and co-founder of the company, and I also have Julie Sina, and she is the the Director of Business Development. Do I have that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Did I say I your know.
0: name right? Did I say your name right, Julie?
1: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Be honest.
0: (laughs) All right. So, um, maybe I'll start with Alex. Do you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about, uh, the company that we're talking about today?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, thanks Dr. Bell. So I'm Alex Cates, co-founder of Vetco uh, and and our inspiration for Vetco really started back with my childhood. Um, so my brother Mitch and I co-founded Vetco back in 2015 We actually grew up in our father's equine practice. So he has a five-doctor ambulatory practice in New Jersey. Uh, And so we used to ride with our dad and his vets, and we used to work in the office and just really see what it's like to to be a part of and and operate an independently-owned practice. Um, And what what we found, one of the things that really surprised us, and this became more and more obvious over time, uh, is that our office manager, Kimmy, had a really hard time getting everything that she needed to supply the practice. So in an equine practice, you, of course, have centralized inventory in the office, but you also have trucks uh, that all need to be stocked. And so if there's a mistake in inventory or something doesn't get into the right place, um, it can be very challenging. So what what Kimmy used to do, uh, she used to open up six or seven tabs in her web browser, and she used to search for a product, um, and she used to try to figure out who carries this product, um, who has it in stock right now, who has a fair price on it. Um, And she used to go through this process every time she ordered. And so Mitch and I kind of growing up in the digital age, uh, we have all these unifying platforms. Like in travel, you have Kayak and Trivago and Expedia. Um, And and so we're used to this concept of like, you search once and see everything. And it really didn't make sense to us that as a veterinary practice, you have all these different distributors you order from. You also have manufacturers who only sell products directly to the vet practices. Uh, You have compounding pharmacies, diagnostic laboratories, office suppliers, specialty suppliers. And so our, our dream, our vision was, hey, wouldn't it be great if Kimmy had one website uh, to be able to buy everything at once? Um, and so when we used to help out with inventory, that was our, our wish was you we were like, man, this does not seem like it's kept pace with the times. And so, how,
0: wait a minute, how old were you when this was going on? Because this is well, fascinating we, to me.
2: <laughs> so we, when we uh, just had seen all of this, I mean, just as teenagers, really, Um, yeah, we used to help our dad during the summers we were in high school, uh, and earlier than that. But I think it was later on that we started to realize that the technology in, in the animal health world did not keep up with, with kind of the rest of the world and how quickly everything else was evolving in the e-commerce side of the the planet. Um, so, so yeah, we, um, in 2015, we started, uh, the first version of VetCove. it was really crude. All we did was essentially bring all the different vendors into one website uh, and made it really easy to, to basically buy from all of them, um, and so fast forward to today, uh, it's kind of grown much bigger, wider, and, and uh, you know much more of everything we ever expected. Honestly, <laughs> um, so today we have about eleven thousand total vet uh, practice locations using VetCove, uh, so that spans a number of different categories. There's a lot of independently owned general practices. Uh, we have thirty-seven different corporate hospital groups um, that use a, an enterprise version of VetCove. Uh, we have a lot of nonprofits like SPCA's, shelter systems. We have teaching universities, zoos, aquariums, really any type of organization that has veterinarians on staff can use it. Uh, and at this point, it's more than one out of three vet practices and nonprofits in the U.S. is actually using VetCOVE to do their purchasing. Um, so we're really proud of the impact that it's had. It's, it's saving them a ton of time. Uh, and, and just in our, in our opinion, right, a, a veterinary practice, and you know this, Dr. Capel, better than anybody, there's no time to do anything. And you guys are so busy running around all the time. There's so much going on. Uh, And the last thing you want to have to do is is spend a ton of time making sure that you have everything and that you're, you're, you're minimizing the amount that you're spending on your supplies. Um, It's just something that's
0: absolutely true, right?
2: We think so. And I I could tell you at at my dad's practice, it was never something that they would have really wanted to spend time on. And my dad is more frugal than most, you know, he really wanted to make sure that Kimmy was keeping costs down. Um, but she was also doing, she wasn't just an inventory manager, right? She does a lot of things at the practice. You know, this is just one of her many hats that she wears. Um, so yeah, it was uh, you know, this this really helped her and it's evolved a lot, of course, since 2015. Um, but but yeah, we're really proud of the, the impact and the reach it, it has today.
0: So your dad's the veterinarian, but you two sons who started Vet Cove did not go to vet school. What tell me your educational background?
2: Yeah, so I, I didn't. So my brother, Mitch, actually is the computer science guy. Okay. Uh, so he did his undergrad and master's at MIT in computer science. Oh, so um, he's the so
0: brainiac, huh?
2: He, he is pretty <laughs> smart. Uh, and, and for me, I, I went to Cornell and I studied um, you know business stuff for uh, applied economics specifically. Um, and I, I ended up doing a couple of things very briefly after college, which I really hated. Um, but this was always a problem that we wanted to come back to. He said, you know, all these years have gone by and nobody has solved this. And so he said, why, why not create it? And so when Mitch graduated from his master's program, uh, we had this opportunity to, to give it a shot and we did. Uh, and we're certainly Amazing. glad we did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm ex- I'm excited about that. I love entrepreneurs. And so when anybody comes up with a cool idea or follows their dream, I'm all about that. So that's yeah. really exciting. Julie, can you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll go back to talking about
1: more about Vet Cove. Can you tell us your background? Oh, sure. I have a interesting background. Um, <laughs> so when I was right out of school, I went to Puerto Rico on spring break. Yeah. Spring break. Um, and, uh, I saw a puppy on the beach in Puerto Rico and I tried to find, uh, place that would take her in um, she was missing fur. She was, she just looked skinny. Um, and every shelter there said 99% kill rate and better off leaving her on the beach. Um, I finally found a woman who would take her in. Um, she was not actually sister Nancy and she had a nonprofit. So I went and drove her an hour away to this nonprofit and it was just the saddest sight I've ever seen. She in her house had like over 150 dogs all stacked above on top of each other and they never got out of their cages. They never got adopted, but every dog was so, so cute. So I spent the rest of my vacation kind of helping her out. And when I got back to New York, she sent me that dog. One of my friends adopted that dog, but I couldn't do my normal job. I was in advertising and uh, just, you know, I thought of each dog in their cage and I was like, what about that one? What about that one? So in my studio apartment here in New York city, I had six, seven dogs at a time. Um, and, uh, finally I was just like, this is my passion. I need to help. And, um, I quit my job and I moved to Puerto Rico and I took over her 501c3, her nonprofit.
0: That's really interesting.
1: Started one of the first, uh, no kill shelters in Puerto Rico. That's amazing. and I spend most of my time in the vet clinic because these dogs are not healthy. Um, they have everything that you could think of in a Caribbean country, so in a Caribbean uh, island that's part of the U.S. But um, yeah, so I just fell in love with vet, vet med, you know, and rules in Puerto Rico aren't really the same as here. So, um, <laughs> you know, I was giving a lot of the vaccinations. I was doing a lot of the things. So I wasn't traditionally trained in uh, veterinary medicine, but I just fell in love with it. And one of my clinics was using VetCove, one of the very first uh, clinics to start using it. And I just heard of it and how much people liked it. So um, I met Alex and I started working at at VetCove. And uh, yeah, it's just been amazing. The growth of VetCove just because it's been word of mouth. Um, people find out about it, they tell their friends, they tell their friends' friends, and it's just grown and grown. Um, and it was, it's been a crazy ride.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of got really lucky, Alex, when you ran across Julie, huh? <laughs>
1: <Absolutely>. <laughs> She's very really passionate. So, no.
0: She's <laughs> very passionate about veterinary medicine, just like you for different reasons, but that's pretty cool. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more.
2: Yeah. Got the, um, got the
0: history. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I mean, look, I tell me what, what, what specifically would you like to know? I'm happy to, I'm an open book. So, uh, any, any questions at all, I'm happy to answer.
0: Well, tell me a little bit more about how someone, because it's free, right? This is, yeah. this is a, um, web pla- I don't know. I'm not a techie. So it's a, <laughs> my husband is, but I'm not. So a web platform or I don't know what you call it. That mm-hmm. is free for veterinary hospitals to use, right? It so, is, how does yeah, that so- work? Like, how do you run a full size big corporation with 11,000, um, you know, hospitals and keep it free? Like, how does that work?
2: Yeah, that honestly is a great question. And it's one that we didn't know the answer to for many years. Uh, <laughs> so, I can tell you that when we first started VetCo, we created this tool. Uh, and it was a tool that we knew we were getting great feedback on. We had veterinarians and staff early on that were like, I just wanted to tell you guys, this is giving me hours back in my week. Uh, I can spend more time with my kids. I can you know, start to focus on some other important things at the practice that I didn't have time for because of this, this tool that you created. And um, so we were really proud of that. And so we made the pledge very early on that no independently owned practice will ever pay to use our platform. Um, and so that's that's challenging, right? Because, you know, at first this was a tool um, and it was something that we were really proud of. But when you have to turn it into something where you have a team, a large team that supports it, uh, you have to find some way to keep the lights on. Uh, yeah. So it, it turned out that over time, and this didn't come for many years, um, we were very lucky that early on our vision, we kind of explained it to some really great people. Um, and, and we had some support, financial support, not from within the industry, but outside the industry, Silicon Valley type support. Um, where folks were saying, you know, this, this is amazing. People are clearly very passionate about this. And we get that you guys have no idea how you're going to earn a dime on doing this, um, but we think that you'll figure it out. And so that was pretty cool to, to be in that position. Um, so yeah, we just used that for, for several years to, to get us to a position where um, we could kind of figure that out. And so we're proud to say that even to this day and, and beyond, um, we're, we don't charge any independently owned practice, but we we earn income in two ways. Uh, one of those is through corporate hospital groups. Um, so the, the corporate groups utilize uh, an enterprise version of the Deco platform that isn't free. And so what that means is every location is that there's a monthly fee per location, uh, which is $100 per hospital location per month. Um, and that's one way that we, we keep the lights on. And so now that we have 37 groups and thousands of locations that are paying members, um, that really helps. The other way is that we support a lot of the vendor side as well. So we have partnerships where if a vendor partners with Vetco, they can sell on the platform, Uh, they get certain other types of tools and benefits, they can provide cashback advertising um, and do some other really cool things. And so the vendors pay for for that type of partnership access as well. Uh, And so between those two things, we figured out a way to be not just sustainable, but but essentially break even. Um, We don't have to be in a position where we're relying on anybody's outside funding anymore, which is really amazing. Um, And we're really proud of that. So And and the best part is we have a philosophy here that no matter what kind of thing that we do that's commercial, um, it always has to be beneficial to the practice. So when we talk about this cashback advertising, that's something that the vendors love um, because they're able to provide these kind of short-term deals, essentially. But for the practices, they actually get to earn extra money back on products that they're already buying. Um, so it's something that they really, really enjoy. It actually helps them gain additional value off, uh, from the Vetco platform. So in addition to the, the the savings from comparisons, in addition to the time savings, they actually can earn uh, this cash back that they can redeem for gift cards or paper checks, uh, which is pretty cool. So yeah, we're, we're really proud of that. That we've kind of stuck to our guns and done it in a way that, um, you know, we that that is only beneficial to practices, which is great.
0: So if somebody wants to try it if they're an independently owned practice all they have to do is contact you get signed up is there any obligation and is there anything that they you know are locked into or contract they have to sign or anything like that or is it just no, if they want to that, try it they can try it
2: Yes yeah, so there's no risk no contracts no walk-ins we we're not that 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 stuff's all silly we would never do that uh, so the way it works is you just, if you're an independently owned practice or staff member, you just go to vetcove.com, V-E-T-C-O-V-E.com, uh, create a free account, add your vendors and start using it. Uh, and if, if a practice doesn't want to use it after that, there's no obligation that they would ever have to. Uh, although usually in, in 99.99% of cases, once they try it, they're never going to want to go back to the old way uh, just because it's so easy. And just it's it's one of those wow moments we've we've been told. Uh, where they go on, they're like, wow, you know what? I'm used to going to all these different vendor categories all separately. And that was just a part of what I did every day. And now I can do it all at once. And when we say all at once, um, what that means is they can go on, they can search one catalog. Every product is in there across every vendor and vendor category. If there are multiple vendors, let's say there are 10 distributors that sell a particular product, they'll see all 10 distributors. It'll have their specific practices pricing. So if you're a part of a GPO, Part of a corporate hospital group have negotiated specific pricing with your vendors. That's your pricing. It's the same price that they would see if they went to the vendor's website. And that's important because in veterinary medicine, there's no such thing as a standard price. Uh, Everybody pays a different price depending on what they've negotiated or what groups they're a part of. Uh, And so you're going to see your own price across every vendor. So if there are 10 vendors that sell a particular product, you're going to see your price at each of those 10 vendors. So you know who to buy from. Uh, it also shows real-time local stock. Uh, so you'll be able to see like, do, does this vendor have stock? Is it in stock locally uh, at, at my typical warehouse so that I know I'm going to get it right away or is it going to take extra time? And so all of this collectively just helps a practice make an informed decision about like, what product do I buy? Who do I buy it from to minimize my cost and to make sure I get it on time? Um, and then they create one unified shopping cart on Vetco, So instead of all these different shopping carts and different websites, it's one one page with all of your different items across your vendors. Uh, you can place all of your orders right from Vetco, So you never have to leave the site. Um, and so once you've actually placed your orders, those go into the vendor systems, they get processed the exact same way. Meaning like if you went to the, a vendor's website and you click place order, and you, or you click place order on the Vetco site, it happens the exact same way. There's no delay whatsoever. Um, and then the last piece is that once you are actually have placed these orders, you can keep track of all of your past orders in that code. So what that means is you can see this is every order I've placed with every vendor, you can track it, you can actually see on a map where your packages are. So you know what packages are gonna come into the practice today, which is pretty cool. Um, And so it just makes life really easy. You don't have to go to all these different places, everything's in one spot. Um, And and we're really proud of that.
0: And how do the vendors feel about it? Like, let's say you have sales folks from all these different, corporations that we deal with because we had the salespeople before COVID coming in and speaking to us. How do they feel Uh, about this? Does this, does this help them in any way?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So I will say that when we first launched VetCo, uh, a lot of the vendors, especially distributors, because we were making pricing so transparent and Mm -hmm. making it so easy for a practice to compare across, they were not super happy about the concept. (laughs) um, You made some
0: enemies, huh? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, you might, you might say that, you know, but over time they've come around because what's happened is they've realized how much the practices love this. Uh, and they've said, okay, like this is something that my practices really appreciate. And, you know, I, now I have to think about this differently. Like, yes, I understand that the price I'm offering is going to be there right alongside other pricing. Uh, and so they, they have to think about how they add value in other ways and making sure that they're competitive. Um, and so I think it's caused some changes in strategy um, around how, how vendors deal with practices in some ways. Um, but I think overall, you know, I wouldn't say they're all still loving it. Um, but, but I think that they're, they've come around to a large extent and there are some vendor reps out there that actually promote that um, because they think it's a great strategy to introduce a practice to something that they love and it's free, uh, and that, that builds trust. And so it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's come a long way since the early days. That's what I would say.
1: Do you see, do you, oh, go ahead, Julie just to add on that a little bit to highlight some of what alex said uh the rep everything stays the same so your billing your shipping everything stays exactly the same so that means your reps still get the same commission so nothing changes there so if they are giving you good pricing um they should love that cove um whether they do or not depends i guess it depends on the pricing they're giving you um but we don't want to affect the relationship between uh hospitals and their reps at all that it should be you know how it is normally in the world they're just all your pricing and your vendors are there in one place
2: yeah and, and like we we think a rep relationships are really important i mean not not every rep is is as, you know as good as others but yeah. we've had some reps over the years at our equine practice that are worth their weight in gold i mean yeah. just have, are absolutely like go out of their way to find things that are otherwise not available are able to help the practice in various ways because they've seen Uh, a lot of practices and and how they operate and learn things and that they can bring to us. So, I mean, it's, it's very important that those relationships are maintained. Um, And I think we've succeeded in in doing that because over time they're starting to say, okay, this is just a procurement tool essentially. um, But it doesn't really affect, you know, me as the rep or my, my relationship with the practice. Yeah.
1: So this might, go ahead, (laughs) Julie. So it kind of keeps everyone honest, but they can also love the reps and their companies that they already love. It doesn't change anything.
0: Yeah. So this might be sort of an obvious question, but how would this affect a hospital's profitability? First of all, from the purchasing side, which I'm assuming they're gonna probably get better prices overall, but also from a time management, you know, bent is how how do you see this? Are there statistics on it or is it yeah, just it's
2: a, it's a good feedback? Question. So, and as you probably know, Dr. Capel, I mean, after after your cost of your people the next biggest cost at a practice is your inventory. Yeah. Um, and so it's you know, reducing your cost of your people, A, isn't easy and B, isn't usually a good idea. Veterinary staff are, are typically underpaid the way things are anyway. Uh, and, and B, you, know, you can't reduce your cost of your labor and still practice the same level of medicine. But inventory, if you're getting the same items or equivalent items, uh, and you're able to actually reduce the cost, that has no negative impact on the practice but actually allows you to save money, which flows right through to your practice's bottom line. So typically in a practice, you know, 15 to sometimes as high as 30% of total revenue is eclipsed by your cost of inventory. Uh, and so if you're a practice that's able to go from 30%, which is kind of on the worse end to 15%, which is on the, the good side, um, that's a, a major reduction in total cost. And that can make the practice right there, 15 to 20% more valuable. Uh, just by reducing your cost of inventory. And so it is very possible through proper purchasing and proper controls uh, to be able to achieve that. And we've seen it happen time and time again, Uh, and it makes a big, big difference. You know, I I think the statistic is a 10% uh, reduction in your inventory costs. So going from, let's say 25 to 15% gets you a 17% more profit at the end of the year and a 17% increase in the practice's value to, let's say a consolidator or or just any third party, which is pretty interesting.
0: And do you have any statistics through your corporation of how how, uh, average, I mean, I know it's hard because they're all different sizes, but an average hospital about how much that they could save?
2: Yeah, so we've surveyed our, we did a survey with the ABMA and BRACI um, in March of last year. And they were finding that practices were saving on average just under $20,000 a year, uh, which is a lot. Um, now, significant. You could give
0: some raises, right?
2: Yeah, right. That, that is, is unbelievable. Uh, and I think those the, the respondents in the survey were a little bit bigger than average, um, and were slightly more weighted toward the corporate side. Um, but what I would say is that for, even for a typical practice, you should expect at least several thousand dollars a year in savings, uh, which is which is pretty exciting. I mean, if you could do that, and then you could also save time and remember time is money right? So if you're able to take a person who's spending, let's say 40% or 50% of their time on purchasing an inventory and reduce that to 15% of their time, you know, that's like adding another third of a person who can do stuff at the practice. I mean, it's amazing. So that that also is very valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any advice based on what you've been through since you started this corporation and how this has changed some of the practices that you've worked with for, um, independent veterinarians out there in response to their inventory. I mean, obviously use your, use your product for sure. Right. But yeah, that,
2: would be, that would be number one is use vet <laughs> because it's free and there's no downside. So that's, yeah. a um, but I would say also just like be vigilant. I think that the, the challenge that we have and, and our dad and his vets are no exception is that they, veterinarians are really great people and they tend to be very trusting. And so, you know, my, my uh, dad and his vets used to call the reps their friends and, you know, they take care of them. And I think the important thing is just to be vigilant um, and understand that, like, you know, whether they mean to or not, sometimes there are opportunities out there to make your practice better through savings. And I don't think anyone's doing anything maliciously um, to overcharge. I, I don't think that's really what it's about. But I do think that being vigilant can help. You know, understanding that, like, I, you know, trust but verify, we like to say right? And so you you trust your your reps and your vendors to take care of you. But I think what we've seen a lot of, especially over the last two years or so, is that a lot of vendors are increasingly relying on on selling through the consumer channel, um, through places that are outside of the veterinary world.
0: Yeah, we see that that, a lot.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, veterinarians are facing hurdles that they've never faced before. Um, This is a very interesting time in veterinary medicine where we need to build technological capabilities. To help practices do better um, and do this and compete properly. And so one of those ways to do that to be profitable um, is, is to be able to make sure that at the bare minimum you're cutting all the costs that that you can easily cut. Um, and inventory is, is one of those that can be reduced. So I would just say, you know, do what you can to to really focus on it. Sometimes it's one of those things where like when you're doing a million things and you have patients and angry clients and things are spilling and dropping all over the place. I mean it, you know it's 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 chaos at most vet practices every day. Uh, And and so the last thing you're worried about is stepping back from that and saying, how do I improve our finances? How do I improve our processes? But it's one of those things like the biggest um, objection for people that haven't used that code yet is they say, well, I just haven't had time. You know, I haven't had time to look into this. Right. And, we know, it takes 60 seconds to actually sign up and start using it. But just people don't, you know, the practice staff don't even have a minute to even think about stuff like this. And so what I would say is once in a while, you know, take a a small, even if it's just one percent of the week and step back from your day to day and say, how do I make my practice better today? Um, and what, what can I do? Are there little things or little tools that I can use or little little process changes I can make uh, that can actually make a world of difference? Because sometimes there are, Vetco is certainly one of those and there are probably some others as well that people overlook.
0: Yeah. And I'm all about self-improvement and self-help. And that's why I do what I do. So in the kind of the same vein, this is a way to improve yourself and your practice. And so I see it as that. Now I found I, when I was looking at your website, I ran across something that I thought was really interesting. And I don't know if one of you can tell me a little bit about it. There's an actual tab on your website that talks about your ethics, and I love that because I've always been super interested in ethics and, and considered myself a very ethical practitioner. So, what do you mean by that on your website that you have your code of ethics? Or can you can you tell us about that? Yeah,
2: ethics are, are important, right? So, like, you know, people put a lot of faith in us to help them, right? And and they're they're providing us with their their vendor information to be able to shop with them uh, through our site. And so it's important that they trust us. This is actually inspired by uh, Dr. Paul Pion's commandments of, of VIN. It's something mm-hmm. that we said from the very beginning, from the outset, we said, if we are going to create this platform, which is essentially a marketplace uh, for the veterinary world. And if it grows to be something like it is today, is what we were thinking, if that ever happened, which we never expected, it would be as big as it is. Right. Um, but if it did, how, to, under what principles do we want to operate? And so some of those things that, that were important to us is making sure it's free to veterinarians, making sure that we have very strict policies about what we will not do with the practice's data. Uh, Data today is is a valuable commodity, and there are a lot of of that information in the wrong hands, like in the consumer channel, uh, if it were to get there, could be very, very dangerous and siphoning business away from our practices. We have to be absolutely vigilant to make sure that this doesn't happen. Um, Making sure that vendors are all treated equally, that we're not going to just accept, you know, dollars from the highest bidder and give them an advantage over other vendors in the system, that we treat folks fairly and they have the same opportunities. And so we, we created this code of ethics um, to, to mirror what we thought um, from our, our moral and ethical perspective made sense for, for one marketplace for the veterinary industry. Uh, I'm proud to say that they all still apply today. Um, and and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been important that we've done that because every time we make a decision on do we release this feature, do we make this sort of change or this update? We have to look at it through that ethical lens and say, is this consistent with our code of ethics um, before we launch it? And so that's, that's been very important to us and has driven kind of the decisions we've made over the last several years.
0: Yeah, I was super impressed by that. When I saw that tab, I'm like, ooh, we all need one of those. We should all have an ethics tab on our website. <laughs> because <Absolutely. laughs> that's a rare commodity these days, You know, not everybody's super ethical. So I really, yeah. I really thought that was an interesting thing that I ran across on your website.
2: Well, one I think of the challenge is that in the veterinary world, most veterinarians, your, your vendors, you're dealing with these huge mega corporations. A lot of them are public companies. They're answering to shareholders. Everything is about how do I eke out more profit this quarter? You know, how do the executives get bigger bonuses? Right. It's just a different kind of philosophy. I mean, when we created Vetcove, this was entirely about just creating a tool that could help our own practice. And, and maybe, you know, if if, it, if other people have had similar problems, it could help them. And so we we kind of don't see ourselves as the same kind of commercial entity. We are not a nonprofit officially, right? But I think we we tend to operate like one in a lot of cases, um, and that you know that's been helpful to sort of sticking to our ethical guns uh, and doing things the right way. We think.
1: Yeah, Julie, just-
0: you were going to say something.
1: Yeah, I was going to say just along those lines. Working at this company has been a breath of fresh air kind of because you everything we do is to help the community. Um, every single feature that we release, as Alex was saying, every thought we have is how can we make veterinarians' lives easier and the staff of of veterinary practice. So every single little thing that we think about all day is how can we improve their life, whether that's time saving, money saving, just the headaches of back orders, things like that. Um, and, uh, we've been successful this far at, at helping. So it's just been a, a pleasure to help the community, honestly.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. Creating an organization for the benefit of a profession. And that's basically what these two men did when they were, I guess, teenagers, they started down that direction. How does your dad and the people that um, were around when you started this whole thing, how do they feel about what you've done and, and how it's grown? And
2: uh, I, I can tell you that our, our dad is the proudest dad in the world. Uh, I mean, it's, I you know, it to be, he's, he's a very, he's a, a great veterinarian and he's very proud of, of his clinical prowess. And you know he's been well, very well known in his, his particular area of the world. Uh, and he's like, you know, it's kind of sad because I used to be uh, in, in a joking way. He's happy about this, but he's like, it used to be a oh, Dr. Cates. He's this, you know, has this great equine practice, but today it's like, oh, he's the father of the vet <laughs> <laughs> that. His fame
0: heard. has changed.
2: Oh, so, exactly. And, and honestly, <laughs> you, you couldn't be happier about it. Um, It's, you know, it's what you would hope for, uh, for, to have your, your sons uh, create something that has such a positive impact on the veterinary community and continues to, and the sky is the limit for where we can even go from here. Um, It's, it's a, it's a really nice thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine he's probably pretty proud.
1: Yeah. The funniest thing I think is, is I was with them and uh, his, as, as Alex was saying, his father is very well respected and well-known and and very big within the equine, um, practitioners. And, uh, another that came up to him and was like, how do you feel being the dumb one in the family now? Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. I imagine I if you have, meant, if no. you have that two smart, uh, sons like that, you probably would feel kind of dumb. <laughs> I feel dumb around my kids a lot, so I can relate.
1: <laughs>
0: That's amazing. So, is there anything else that we missed that I didn't ask you that you think we should talk about? Um, anything that we're missing in this in this uh, in this podcast that you want to share? I don't
2: think so, Julie. Do you have anything in particular? No,
1: no. I highlighted a few things beforehand, but I think we covered them. Yeah. Okay. So, Great. tell me then, for the
0: listeners, the people that are listening to this podcast that might be interested in checking this out. Tell them what they need to do and how they can look into it or maybe try it.
2: Yeah. So if you're not using VetCove yet, just go to the website vetcove.com, v-e-t-c-o-v-e.com, and click sign up and add your vendors and start using it, and that's it. And if you have questions, we have a 24/7 live chat, so you can get in touch with us anytime, uh, and we're happy to help. But uh, yeah, it's it's super easy. I think that's the part that people forget is that it, it sounds like, oh my gosh, I have to change how I do purchasing. I've done it this way for years. Yeah. Uh, it actually is so easy to get started with it. And it's- it, is it easy start- to load
0: your vendors and your special pricing? Is that easy?
2: It, it is, you just, exactly, it's super easy. You just connect your vendors essentially. So if you ever connected uh, accounts with like Google or Facebook, um, it's the same thing, essentially. Okay. You just connect your different vendor accounts. It takes a little, all of a minute um, and that's it. And then you're done. So it's, it's really super simple. Um, and, and once you're there you start shopping and using it and uh, yeah no cost, no obligation, no nothing it's just a, it's just a helpful tool.
0: Sounds great. <laughs> well I'm so excited to have you here. I really appreciate you sharing all of this with us. I'm definitely gonna try it. <laughs> I think it'll be an amazing thing for for our practice and uh, I hope some other people out there can uh, try it and get some better pricing and save some time. It sounds sounds like a really interesting and amazing tool. So I'm glad that you volunteered um, to come on the podcast with me so I could learn about it.
1: Yeah, You're all you. about helping the community. You're all about helping the community. And so are we. So when we heard about your podcast, we, we wanted to be a part of it. So thank yeah, our,
0: you. Our missions very well are aligned, right? Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. So I'm really excited to meet both of you. I appreciate it. I hope that we can continue to uh, foster this relationship because I'd like to hear more. Um, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're going to do more. I, I imagine that there's things in the works that are going to come about. Um, So I'm looking forward
2: to that. So I thank you so much.
0: Is there anything else you want to say before we sign off?
2: No, there's some really cool new tools that we're working on, and we're not ready to take the wraps off of those. Yeah, I but, knew that. But when when they are, <laughs> we'd love to to come back and, and talk about them because uh, there's some pretty exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, I can tell. I can tell by looking at you that you've got lots of ideas. <laughs> and I'm sure Julie's right out there pushing, up, pushing them all, right? Getting everybody all, all aligned on these new ideas, right?
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that you're, that you do the rescue work, Julie, you're
1: still doing that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Really? Do you want, do you want to plug, plug your rescue group? Oh, it's Animal Lighthouse Rescue here in New York City. And then El Faro de los Animales in Puerto Rico. And we transport thousands of dogs per year that would be homeless on the streets there and find them amazing homes here. That's That's great.
0: So just dogs.
1: Uh, And cats too.
0: Okay, because my son, my son lives in New York, and we're looking for a kitten. So I might have to hit I might have to email you and hit you up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> We've even had one pig, a couple gerbils. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, an apartment pig? <laughs> uh, it, yes, it was a, a teeny pig. So, oh, my yeah. gosh. That's great. All right. Well,
0: if anybody um, wants to support a rescue group, go out there and support Julie's Rescue. I think that's amazing work you're doing. So I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you both so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again.
2: All, All right. right. So, All thank right. You. Thanks
0: everybody for listening. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.
2: Bye.